Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, here's what we're going to do. All right, we're, we're going to, since this is the Internet and anything goes, we're going to start the show all over again. All right? Okay, okay. All right, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to play the theme again, and we can start uh, fresh. Uh, let me just find it. Okay, here we go. Papa. The great city playboy, they're always around to help build your hope up, then help drag you down. They'll leave you with nothing. What's singing about? So now you're in, and now you won't bang out. Good evening, Mains. It is uh, Tuesday, actually, September 10th, 2013, and you're checking into the Blaze and Ride backstage program. I'd like to welcome to the program John Weeks' co host, the Conan to his Richter, the Dave to his Schaefer, the Eubanks to his Leno. Yeah, you heard me right. Ryan Holmes. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. John Weeks, how are you? Hey. I don't want no stroke. Stroke is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Try to holler at me. Oh, my God. That was a great, great introduction there. Glad to be back tonight and uh, good to be here as always. Yes, yes for anyone who's tuning in. Just gotta let you know you're tuning into conversations with Maria Menounos, and it's, um, uh, we're we're guest hosting for her tonight. So, <laughs> how does it feel doing the show on a Tuesday? It feels weird because you know what it's gonna feel like after we're done with the show. It's gonna feel like we just got over the hump, and we will have not. That's right. It feels actually even better because, like, before you even get into the depth of the week, you you you're you're, you're partying already. You know, so it's like you're partying earlier than you should be. This is awesome. This is better than joyriding. It's like uh, it's like going crazy. It's like being crazier uh, before you even know it. It's like being crazy before you go to the doctor and get diagnosed, you know? <laughs> Listen, any time that I've partied early in the week, it winds up making me feel like shit the rest of the week. <laughs> That's right. It's like a bad joke, you know. You, you don't go out on a Monday uh, evening. You don't get drunk on Monday evening. But it's, it's just a bad idea. But and it's, but it sounds bad. Too. <laughs> if you have my job, but you, you do. Just got to do uh, it. And let me tell you that we just—I just came from the gym, and I uh, there was no air conditioning, and so I oh. noticed like I was sweating, sweating way more than usual. And I was like, wait a second here, this this don't feel right. And then I realized 
that there was no AC, and I went up to the lady, and I was like, hey, uh, uh, is there no AC right now? And the lady was like, oh, no, yeah, um, it's just momentarily it's, it's out, but we're working on it. And by momentarily, I was there two hours, and there was no AC. Not only was there no AC, the uh, fucking strobe lights and alarms were going off every 20 minutes. The strobes wouldn't stop. The alarms were going off every 20 minutes. And then that was bad enough. Then I, I figured, let me go and take a dunk. So I go into the bathroom, and there is shit and piss all over one of the toilet seats. And then there was piss oh all over the other toilet seat. So I couldn't take the dunk that I needed to take. So then I go out, and I get on a treadmill. And then I go back into the men's locker room to get my uh, bag, and it is soaking wet with not a warning of, you know, caution, wet floor or whatever. Oh, also, when I was on the treadmill, the treadmill was mad slippery because, you know, everyone was sweating all over everything. Oh, oh, God. Oh, sounds just awful. This is like the worst gym ever. This is, what is this, YMCA? <laughs> no, YMCA is actually like three times as expensive as this gym, which might make, make sense. But uh, this is Blink Fitness. So what I did was I just started tweeting at them. I started. I tried to tweet them out, and at at some they used to respond to me, and at some point they just stopped. So let me go through my tweets that I sent. It was just one after another. Okay, so this is one hour ago. <laughs> it's Blaze and Rye at Blink Fitness. I say, Yo, fix your AC. What you doing? You know how hot it is today. Also, this treadmill is mad slippery because people be dripping swear. And then in the next tweet, I said, sweat, asterisk. I can't even think straight right now. What you doing? Fix it. And then uh, and, and I said, yo, the alarm bin went off four times since I've been here tonight, and this ain't the first AC incident in here recently. I know you cheat, but come on. <laughs> And then I said, I put a hashtag where I said, hashtag fix it, hashtag fix it, hashtag fix it. And I started sharing my location so they knew I was at the NoHo Blink. And I yelled, people about to pass out up in here. You straight tripping for this. And then I tweeted, and someone's been pissing and shitting all over the seats in the men's room. Good Lord, what you smoking tonight. And then I said, fam. If I'm ever in your wedding, please use anyone but men's warehouse. Hell, I'd rather stick to touch with myself. And then I took a screenshot of the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the men's locker room, and I said, and the disgustingly wet locker room with no caution sign whatsoever. So I'm surprised they haven't responded to not one, not but one of those tweets yet. <laughs> Oh my God! And the hits just keep on coming. It's like one of those time life uh, uh, music anthologies of the '70s or something like that. Oh my God! You smashed them hard on that Twitter. You're like Amanda Bynes, man, on that. <laughs> That's what I strive to be like: is Amanda Bynes and current current Amanda Bynes, not successful Amanda Bynes. About the bite bites. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! That, that, that's ridiculous. That gym sounds like hell on earth. Oh my God! I, I I don't even want to go there. I, not that I work out anyways, but it just sounds so so gross, bro. You know what? What is? Oh oh gosh. Uh, 
Yes. So now I'm 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 sitting here sweating my ass off. I I literally see a big ass of sweat where I'm sitting right now because I just got up. Uh, so it's no good. And um, uh, another thing that I did on Twitter was uh, I, I've been really fed up with Verizon for a while because ever since we switched offices. Because uh, it used to be the AT&T folks didn't have no service. Now it's the Verizon folks that have no service uh, at our new office. So, uh, uh, And I've had many conversations with them. There's been no solution whatsoever. So then today I um, – or no, the other day I tweeted at them, like Verizon support. I tweeted like, yo, this limited service shit is bullshit. Because if AT&T can have service, so can you. Because they kept saying, oh, you're in a limited service area. And I said, so – I, I expect service, full service, by end of business tomorrow. So then they tweeted back at me, and they said, what are you experiencing issues with, your Internet, home phone, or cable? And I damn near lost my goddamn mind at that point, John Week. <laughs> so I responded, and I said, cell phone, nice to know that's a priority, sat face. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You went ham on them. Oh man! Yeah, and then they said, they said we want to provide you service with, with wherever you are. Where is your location, and uh, what, what's the problem that you're specifically facing? I feel like at that this point, I've talked to them so much they should just have me on file. Then, like, you know, this this pain in our ass. But anyway, I, I need to write them like a full letter on Twitter. And you know what I don't like is when they always like. All these companies that you complain to online, they'll be like, can you direct message me your info or whatever? But I like at, uh, hashing the shit out on the, in public, in a public forum. So I'd rather, you know, have it, the conversation publicly. So it, I just look at it as a, a cop-out for them to make it, you know, privatize the situation. Right. Yeah, you got to bring it to the public. Bring it to the people. Let the people be the judge. That's the only way to bring justice to, to this company. Power to the people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can already tell that you're in a weird, funky mood tonight, and, and uh, I tell you what, uh, it's ma- it's making me feel a certain way. <laughs> it's making so, so it's election, a certain way. It's, it's election Tuesday, um, and there's a big mayoral race in New York City and a big one in New Haven. Uh, today, uh, because in New Haven is the first time that John DeStefano hasn't run for mayor in 22 years. Uh, what, oh what do you think is going to happen there? Wow, uh, I don't even know the uh, the candidates in the uh, current election now, but I got to say, uh, Johnny B, that's that's revolutionary. That's a, a big step on his part not to run again, and uh, I don't know if New Haven's going to be better for it, but they're definitely going to miss him, I think, and uh, he's been a shining spot in uh, New Haven's politics, and at least someone who can unify the people of New Haven, too, so I think it's just going to be a tough election for New Haven. There's a lot of issues uh, facing that, that city as well, you know, especially with taxes and uh, city services, and uh, he's done, for the most part, a great job, so I think the, the state of San Jacinto is going to miss him, too. Great kid. Great uh, kid. Violence? What about what about the glaring omission from what you just said? Oh, the violence. Yeah. Well, I, I mean that's that's something that uh, has always been you know, plaguing New Haven, and I think 
I remember watching like, you know, five or six years ago, something about uh, Giuliani was giving some kind of a speech about New York City, and he was always comparing you know, New York to New Haven. He's like, well, New York has uh, dropped in crime for 30%, while New Haven has, has increased uh, 120%. And I think that's always been the story of the day about New Haven violence and whatnot and police corruption and uh, police changing, the, you know, certain uh, of their methods and whatnot, and it's just not working. I think the violence is always an issue in New Haven, and I, who, who's mayor may or may not to figure that out. I don't know who's really tough on crime and whether that's even the issue. I mean, it's, uh, it's an issue of the police and the community, I think, and it goes deeper than just the politics. It's a, <clears throat> a history, and I, I also think the media the, the violence in New Haven out of control is, uh, you know, in my time, and I don't live directly in New Haven, but in my time uh, living around New Haven, you know, 20 plus years, I, I think New Haven's gotten better, you know, as, as weird as that sounds. I, I remember a time in the early 90s, um, before DiStefano, or, or 80s, uh, I forget who was the mayor, he was, he was an African-American mayor. John Daniel. John Daniel. And I thought he was excellent. I thought he mm-hmm. uh, didn't get... He didn't get enough credit for what he did because he, he started the whole tough on crime thing in New Haven. And uh, I remember watching the news. The news back then was scary. The Latin Kings used to be huge, humongous in New Haven. They used to have, like, gang wars all the time. And it, was, it was scary for innocent people out on the streets. And yeah. uh, now I don't think it's like that. Now I don't think that's like that at all. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The, um, uh, uh, I, I love... Uh, Mayor DiStefano, and just uh, for the record, in a, um, a, a, for a very large portion of his uh, mayorship, uh, crime was reduced by uh, 50 or more percent for, from when he came into office uh, to the time around, uh, it was like, I don't know, 2003 or so. Uh, and I think it remained that way for a few years. This year, uh, we were ranked by U.S. News, World, and Report as the fourth most violent city in the country. So kind of interesting how, uh, you know, things I – th- I think things started getting worse when, when there was lots of uh, gov- cuts to government jobs and employees and stuff, and people were getting laid off and stuff, and there's just, like, mm-hmm. a lot more poverty, and there was a lot more crime and uh, whatnot. But I think, you know, for, for the most part, he's done an incredible job in the last 22 years as mayor any kind of, you know, through no fault of his own, the city fell on hard times, and uh, it must be tough to be in there during that, uh, during that happening. But yesterday, uh, John Weiss, I, I cast my vote on my absentee ballot, and I sent it back, and I have never been so unsure of voting for someone in my life. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Because I voted for uh, uh, Tony Harp. Uh, senator from New Haven. Uh, now, she, I used to work on the Stefano's campaign. As you know, you would come with me despite your political affiliations and whatnot. You would come help a brother out. That's how great a friend you are when you're not 17 minutes late for a show. So, uh, <laughs> but I, this woman, when I worked on the mayor's campaign, she, Tony Hart, would every two years, every two years, I mean every two years, she would pick the people to run against DeStefano. 
She was all about that loony. She was all about Sherry Killens. She was the one, the mastermind behind all of it. And let me find out that I voted for our arch enemy yesterday. Oh. <laughs> you did, didn't you? Uh-oh. <laughs> terrible reaction, but luckily, do you know what time it is? Oh, my God. Is it your call? I don't know why, for some reason, it seems that, that the Hot Mess Awards are happening so much earlier than usual tonight. But Tom Fogarty, hey, isn't it the right time? <laughs> no. Yes, for you it's the right time. For, yeah. for you and me it's the right time. But anyway, <laughs> Sire, uh, what's going on with you today? Oh, not much. I'm still trying to figure out why you're voting in New Haven. <laughs> well, out of loyalty for Mayor DiStefano because he's a family friend. Uh, I, I used to be best friends with his son, Danny, um, and... He, uh, I used to work for him, worked on the campaign, whatever, so I still vote in Connecticut for loyalty to him. Now, I haven't switched it. I should have switched it in the last, you know, when, I, when he said he wasn't running again, but I didn't, so I'm not going to call myself not voting, so I voted uh, in, you know, in New Haven yesterday. Okay, but you don't vote here? I don't, no. Okay, well then I don't want to hear you complain over the next four years about anything. Have I complained once about the mayor of New York? I don't think I no, have. No, but I'm just saying. Anyway, what's what's going on with, with you? Did did you vote today, sire? Uh huh. Who do you care to uh, endorse your picks? Uh, De Blasio. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, I heard from three different people that you're good friends with Christine Quinn. Were they lying? Uh, well, she did help us get you know, some playground money back when I was doing a lot of school stuff. And she was sort of on the right side of things there for a bit, but I don't know what the hell happened to her. Because a <laughs> year ago this time, if we had the conversation, she was, you know, already the mayor for all intent and purposes. And she not only shot herself in the foot, she blew it off. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened. What did she do? I just, did, I just yeah. saw the exit polls. And this is uh, one of the political editors at the New York Times is saying that there's no need for a runoff because de Blasio from the exit polls had 43%, and Bill Thompson was second with 23%. Wow. Wow. So that means Queen, Quinn is down, you know, below 20%. What about Wiener? Uh, Wiener's dicking around, as usual. <laughs> um, Wiener uh, was on the Lawrence O'Donnell show last night, and and if you get a chance to watch this, it's a hilarious interview for all the wrong reasons. Uh, yeah. And Wiener's on Lawrence O'Donnell, and the guy, he goes, uh, you know, um, Anthony, I've, I, I just wanted to ask you this for a long time. What is wrong with you? And that's the first question. And then he persists to ask that question throughout the whole interview, which I thought was, it was like, it was horrible television, but in the best possible way. Um, but I actually thought in that situation that Wiener was the more likable guy. Did you see this, Sire? No, I didn't. But I do like Wiener. 
<laughs> As a rule, I think the best move, I think the best move that he could do would be to come up with some, you know, like catfish style show for MTV or something. You know, where he just uh, tweets pics of his dick around the folks. <laughs> and he tricks people into thinking yeah. that he's someone else? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and then he'll get all the airtime and the stuff he wants. <laughs> True. Anyway. And what's really sad, though, is that his political ideas were, were pretty good and cutting edge. But it's like, you know, nobody cares because of the messenger anymore. What about Spitzer? How's he doing? Uh, the same thing. You know, it's the same. I mean, that's it. It's just the hypocrisy of it. It works fine for television, but when it comes to political ambitions, it's just not going to happen. So it's not going to happen. But you can be free faced and on TV. That's not a problem at all. But in terms of the the polls today, that Spitzer that I don't know. Is, yeah, I that, like that, that I didn't say anything about. They just had the. The mayoral race that they oh, okay. put out well, there. Well, uh, it sounds like a big hot mess. Who have you got for us tonight for the Hot Mess Awards? Okay, my first hot mess, I don't know if it's the stunt woman that pulled this off or it's actually Jimmy Kimmel. You know about this? Yeah. Yeah. Got everybody, didn't he? Because I think even you posted a link to that. The scariest twerk ever. <laughs> yep. The woman, you know, who fell backed over the from the person opening the door and lit her ass on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing was staged because Jimmy Kimmel comes in around the corner with a, you know, a fire extinguisher and puts it out, and she was a stunt woman. Oh wow! I didn't realize that ah. they actually have video of Kimmel coming in there. Yep. Yep. Mm. So I don't know who's the hotter yeah. mess of that one. I mean, something about it just, I, you know, it, I I always thought it was pretty fake, but I wanted to believe it was real. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just looked so funny. John Weeks, did you see the lady who twerked and set herself on fire? I did. I saw that. And, uh, somebody kicked down the door behind her, right, or something like that. I don't know what well, was going yeah, on. Well, yeah, her roommate, in theory, her roommate was just entering the room, you know, like anybody would. <laughs> Because who the hell thinks that, you know, your partner's on the other side of the door right, right. and stand with their ass up in the air, <laughs> you know, balancing on the door. It's like that's nothing you, you think is going to happen. So is the the twerk the hot mess? Is the, the girl, that, is Jimmy Kimmel, who's the hot master? That's what I'm not sure. I think it's a toss-up. <laughs> I think it's a toss-up. <laughs> And who's your second hot mess? My second hot mess would have to be Sharon Osbourne. You heard her little expose from yesterday? No. No, On what happened talk, to her? Their t- last season, the first episode of The Ladies on the Talk, they all came out you know, without makeup on. That was their big sort of New Year start and promo deal. Yesterday, Ugh. their deal was each one of them was going <laughs> to tell a secret they had never told anybody. Sharon Osbourne's secret was when she first went to L.A. at the age of 25, she and Ozzy were friends at that point. They weren't dating, you know, but they knew one another. Uh, but she went to L.A., and she had a friend that worked at a comedy club, 
And the friend said, uh, you know, there's a couple guys that I think I could hook you up with. Would you like to do that? So this one person in particular, Sharon sort of took a liking to to the point of wanting to prank call him. So I guess she placed a few prank calls to him, and he liked her voice. And they actually struck up a conversation and then finally met. And then finally, I guess, did the deed, big chin and all. (laughs) So you know who it is? Who was it? Big chin and all. That should have given you a clue. He was with, you know, Mavis, and she had hooked up with with Ozzy. Wow. I mean, that that is when he was just the the the, the king of comedy, though. That's 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 yeah. when he was in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. And she said that, you know, only the chin knows. Ah. <laughs> the reason that I didn't know it was Leno is because I thought you said dick chin and all. So I was trying that's- to figure out. If you meant that a dick was near her chin. No, 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 no. His big chin. <laughs> he does wonders with it. <laughs> and, and yeah, cause you could. I bet you he could eat her out with her his chin. He didn't even need a tongue. Yeah. <laughs> and who's your third hot mess, sire? My third. Hot mess is anybody involved with that damn million second quiz? Uh oh. Did you see any of that from last night? No, no I, I wanted to, but missed it. I tried to like see a bit of it, and it just I couldn't stick with it. I have no. Uh, maybe the drugs I'm taking aren't like good enough for this show, but it is the stupid. I still don't know what the premise is. You've got somebody that comes out, and they got to face off with somebody else who answers the question, and this one's got to ring in before that one, and one person's sitting in a chair with this, like, fucking MRI thing circling around them, and then the one who wins that gets to go against the four people who have been often secluded in another room where they've been eating subways and working on exercise bikes and sleeping in these little bunk beds because they're there for all one million seconds that this fucking show is supposed to run. And that's when they lost me. I'm I'm like, uh, fuck, bring back Alex Trebek, and I'll take Famous Popes for 20, okay? <laughs> it sounds dangerous, because I, I, I love Ryan Seacrest, and I was listening to his radio show. I still listen to the local L.A. radio show that he does, because um, that's when I started liking him, because he's yeah. annoying on TV, but he's fantastic on the radio. And... Um, he, and he was explaining it to his co-host, Ellen Kay, uh, and I, it was very hard to follow what he was saying about what the show was about, and then he said that, you know, that, that people are there and they're not sleeping and stuff, and I thought, well, someone, someone's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're kept like veal in this room, and they've got to ride a bike every now and then, and they've got to eat a couple subways. And then they get deep in bunk beds. Then they come out and they get in the MRI chair. They've got to answer somebody who challenges them and doubles down on the question as to whether or not they know the answer or not. And then if you survive that, you get to go back in and ride the bike and eat another subway and take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) It's 
It's Do almost you... performance art. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> um, well, maybe it's genius, and we just don't know it yet. Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But the thing, the thing that was really funny is that little Rai Rai was so excited last night to introduce this new show that he did the intro exactly like he does on American Idol. <laughs> and he cut himself. He's like going, this is. And it was like, huh, yeah, which one are you going to say? <laughs> Million dollar quiz. But, I mean, it was the exact same setup and everything. So it's, I, does he have that trademarked now? You know, it's okay for him <laughs> well, to double dip in the brand or what? I Yeah, I, I don't know, especially because it's a different network. But, uh, yeah, this yeah, it is was very weird. Know, and I think this sh- if he's a producer on this show, you know what I think he's trying to do? He's trying to make everyone else live like he does because he doesn't sleep. The man has, like, 20 jobs. Right. Right. And there were yeah. no women on the show last night either. Ha-bee-ya! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, speaking of no women, let's the three of us sausage festers jack off. Let's start okay. off with Jonathan Weeks. Then the jerk off here. All right. Okay. <laughs> a Georgian mother mummified her dead son in vodka for the last 20 years. In response, Kathy Lee says the reason she and her co-host drink in the morning is she's just been practicing for after she murders Hoda. Uh, <laughs> I hope it wasn't Russian vodka. Nyet, nyet. <laughs> Uh, George Zimmerman was detained yesterday by Florida police for domestic violence. Now, who would have thought that a man capable of stalking and killing an unarmed minor would ever be in trouble with the law again? (laughs) Who would have thought? (laughs) The Democratic president and secretary of state are making the case for yet another war while Republicans are fighting against it. Relatedly, Regis isn't on TV today. Kathy Lee and Hoda are sober, and Jay Leno is hilarious. Especially as he's he's eating Sharon Osbourne out with his chin. Ooh. <laughs> oh, lordy. Uh, and Michelle Obama opposes the war in Syria. Boy, talk about domestic violence again. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know oh, how you all were having your little chat fest earlier, Obama was just on TV for 15 minutes saying that they have until Thursday and that he has given the authority to the military for an airstrike. Oh, my God. He oh, God. He won't have, our, have you know, American troops put foot in Syria, or so he says, but he has authorized Kerry is meeting with Putin by, Tuesday, by Thursday to, like, say what the deal is, and if they don't agree to give over all their weapons, like that's going to happen, he's authorized to strike. Wow. He asked Congress politely, and it doesn't really matter what they say. Oh, so we're going to war, basically. Uh, well, we're doing a strike, apparently, a drive-by. <laughs> yeah. We're doing a fly-by. So I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to, yeah, that, that sort of, we all limp-dicked now. Let's get them back up again and continue with the jerk-off. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, isn't the whole bombing thing, isn't that just what George Carlin used to say? It's, it's prick fear. Whoever's prick is bigger than the other guy, and that's why we go to war. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, what I loved was 
Cornell West was part of the whole Obama machine, getting him, you know, visible and out there. And Cornell had jumped ship between the election and the inauguration, and this is one of the reasons why. Because when he wrote in his little book, you know, uh, Hope on a Rope, that came out yep. before the inauguration, he basically said mm-hmm. that, that Obama didn't clean, wasn't going to clean house, mm-hmm. and therefore it's the same thing. So we've still got the same, you know, Bush brain trust that, of course, is saying, go to war, go to war, go to war, you know. Right. I love Cornell West. He I, I he was on the uh the Bill Bill Maher as John Weeks says Bill Mayer show. And yeah. uh he was saying uh, uh uh Bill Maher was saying something about how Cornell West uh, called uh, Obama a war criminal and Cornell West was like it's it's out of love and Bill Maher's like, You called him a war criminal and he said, I'm telling the truth. So yeah. he loves yep. him and he's telling the truth. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Uh, let's 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 get the cocks up again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Russia may be the solution to a potential conflict in Syria. That's a joke, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Apple launched plans for a new iPhone 5s and iPhone 5c today. Medical professionals urge vaccination for the latter. <laughs> what kind of ladder? Uh, step ladder. Ah, uh, not, not a footstool. <laughs> <laughs> the NSA called Steve Jobs Big Brother and called the iPhone users zombies. Hey, black kettle pot, step at me. <laughs> in a startling news, 25% of men in Asia say they are raped by someone. If you didn't believe it before, yes, the smallest of cocks are indeed an Asian cock. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I said with love. <laughs> Weeks, do you have anything to say to that? Uh, don't come. <laughs> A new poll shows that one of the four-letter words no woman wants to hear is man. Surprisingly missing from the list, cunt. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Oh, man. Uh... On Sunday, September 8th, country singer Vince Gill was met by Westboro Baptist Church protesters outside his Missouri concert. When asked what he was doing there, Gill said, I came out to see what hatred really looked like in the face. A member of the church told Gill to hold on and came back with a picture of Chair Top. Oh, because that's what you would do if you hated your face. You'd look like Chair Top. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of scary these days. <laughs> You know, I used to work for his publicist, and he he would call in, and he would always go, "Hi, it's Scott Thompson for Carrot Top." And the first time he called in, that's his name, Scott Thompson. First night, time he called in, he said, "It's Scott Thompson for Carrot Top." And I was like, "Okay, well, will my boss have your uh, phone number?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, he should." But the thing is, the way he said it, it sounded like he was someone else calling right. for Carrot Top. 
Right. And that was really confusing. And anyway, he wound up firing my boss, and I feel like, you know, maybe it's, Maybe, you know, maybe it's one of them partly my fault because I didn't know, oh, will he have your number, I say. I didn't know I'm talking to Carrot Top. Right. That's Cray Cray. <laughs> and speaking of Cray Cray, there's more Westboro Baptist Church news. They plan to picket a Michael Bublé concert and a Mumford & Sons concert. The hate group says that it's not out of any political reasons that they're protesting, but they're just protesting against what they call shitty, shitty music. (laughs) (laughs) Electric Zoo Festival on Randall's Island was canceled after two people died from Molly-related deaths. Turns out the deaths were not related to the drugs, but they were killed by having to endure the terrible, terrible music. They actually didn't (laughs) die at first. But Michael Bublé and Mumford and Sons came in to finish the job. <laughs> okay, and to put a nail in this coffin, the final one, I hope, an African-American Illinois woman is charged with murdering her 17-year-old son by stabbing him to death over a fight about ice cream. Now, what the fuck? I knew black people was lactose intolerant, but come on. <laughs> Anybody got time for that? Oh, my gosh, that's for real. Oh <laughs> I'll take two scoops. No, the fuck you won't. <laughs> Why does your stabbing sound like flatulent? <laughs> A child died here. <laughs> okay, Lady All right, Sire, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so you much. You got it, Bubba. All right. <laughs> Good night. Bye. All right. Now, did he say, uh, it, this was very unclear, did he say that they... they when we were talking about the million second quiz, he said they had a room full of veal. <laughs> I thought that's what he said. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Well, veal parmesan. <laughs> well, why would there be a whole room full of veal? It's like they they just have a bunch of baby cows are killing off in there. Oh yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean Weeks. We have you know how people will will contact you with pro- their problems. Yes, sometimes yes. <laughs> All right, we have a lot of them tonight. So let's. The oh first my one, God! Really? Yeah. Well, the first one will be uh, we haven't checked in with Ethan in a while, so we're gonna try calling him and see if he's there, uh, and he hopefully, uh, he, he hopefully he has a new problem to talk about, not the whole stealing up the mannequin thing, which I don't think he ever did. <laughs> I don't think he's going to answer. Oh, my. Hi, you have reached Ethan Reed. Sorry, I can't call oh. you right now. But please oh. leave your name and message, and I'll get back to you shortly. Thank you, and have a great day. 
At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Used to be on my uh, tennis team in high school, and one time we were taking the bus to Bridgeport Central, and this kid Rajai Ahmed was his name. He said, "Ryan, do you have a stick of gum?" and I was like, "Gum? Yeah, all right, here." And what he did was he turned to uh, Asaf, who was asleep behind him, and he goes, Asaf, I have something for you. It's smaller than a house. You can fit into a bread box. Bam! And he slams the gum. It was a stick of Winterfresh. Slams it down on Asaf's lap, and Asaf wakes up, and he's like, gum? What? And to this day, I have not made any sense out of that moment. Ethan, we'll talk to you later. Hopefully you'll call in. Goodbye. Later, man. So, what do you think of that? That's a great story. That, see, that's a story that's going to stay with you for the rest of your life because it makes absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> Rajai also would turn to this girl that was sat next to him behind me in Miss Sorrell's math class, and he would say, <laughs> Megan, when are we going to do the wet? T-shirt contest. Oh. And then another time he said, Megan, when are you going to clear up that acne? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel sorry for this. It was Megan, oh my. He, he would always end sentences with, oh. I don't know why. Except the one time he did it, he ended it with, bam, with the gum on it. I don't know why he needed a stick of gum to do any of that. He just slammed the gum down on the floor of the bus. I feel like he, he would make a great motivational speaker, actually. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that Emerald? Was he Emerald? <laughs> he was like a combination of Emerald and Cosby. <laughs> great kid. You know, I realized, John Weeks, that there's a... Uh, I don't think I've ever fully explained the whole reason that I always give a shout-out to Barbie at the end of the show. And uh, I think I, I need to play you the clip of, of why we do that. Uh, where the fuck is it? Let me see if I can search for it here. Bar... Ew, bro. Gross, in there. bro. What the fuck, bro? Uh, Tamika, maybe? Tamika, 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 Tamika. Oh, Tamika. Speaking <laughs> of that kid. Okay. Speaking of that kid. All right, I'm going through every single fucking thing right now. Oh, was it black dude, white chick I had it? I think that's what I had it under. Oh, yeah, black was, dude. Yeah. No, I mean white, I mean black chick, white dude. <laughs> that's not was fair. Was man? Fuck. Barbie. Yeah. I used to be scared really of Barbie <clears throat> wow, this is crazy. I don't know what... Oh, shit, now I've lost the switchboard completely. Uh, well, this show is just a hot mess tonight. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I did that. I, I, I'm the cause of that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, See, this now is what happens when you work too much. Yeah, you ain't never lie. I'm trying to get the studio back up. I can't even get the switch. Okay, here's the switchboard again. Um, by the way, there's somebody's 
at least one person is listening to this, so I, I apologize for, this, for that. Uh, all right, let me see. No, Craig McDonald said, never apologize for your work. I'm looking at all this shit. I really want to play you this goddamn clip. We play it, man. What, what the hell is going on? I can't find it. Okay. Arthur Leland, Arthur Leland, backstage, 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 Benji's highlight reel, Crows, Crystal Waters, Eggs, Elliot Wheeler, Lustig, Gay Marriage, Cole Hermer, uh, Heller, 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 Hot Mess, Selvig, Selvig, Sausage Fest, Barbie Doll. Oh, my God. I love Barbie Doll. Come on. Come on. Fucked up, man. What the fuck? Barbie. It's, um, it's scary, though. We might be going to war on the anniversary of 9-11. You know, well, two days later, but... That is scary, huh? That is scary. Ain't nothing changed, man. Oh, man. Oh, my. Intro for Black... Oh, all right, well... Fucking hell, and maybe we'll all edit this part out of the show too. I can't fucking find it. God damn it. Um Uh-oh. anyway, I'll have to play you play it for you next time. There's a reason that we uh we have the uh Barbie doll uh shout out at the end of the show. Barbie doll. Uh, for the one person who's listening right now, sorry for that duration of the uh, pause. Um so as, as I mentioned John John Week there there was a uh um another problem. We had, we got another letter. Uh oh. Oh, I'm nervous here. <laughs> is this, yeah, is this a be. problem for uh, right. Dr. Drew Carey? Yeah, this is a problem for Dr. Drew, Jim Carey, mask, and man, the bang, man. Is it a BDSM issue again? <laughs> no, no, this is weirder. All right, here we go. Um, hello. My name is MJ from NJ. I have a question for you gentlemen. Sometimes, when I have to go to pee, a slight chubby will form. Nothing raging, but, but enough blood will flow where it would be apparent to anyone looking if I didn't bunch my pants correctly. And when I pee like this, I find that the urine makes a very ungraceful exit out of my urethra. I'm sorry for laughing during this to, to, to MJ. I'm so Me sorry. Often, oftentimes, it'll fork temporarily into two streams. And if I don't do anything about this, neither stream makes it into the bowl and instead goes to the left and right of the toilet. My only option would be to direct one of the streams squarely into the bowl while the other makes its way onto the floor. Sometimes my stream will even bend backwards and ride the curvature of my meatus and head and shoot back onto my pelvis. All of this can be quite embarrassing if I am peeing in a urinal as I run the risk of being caught 
peeing on myself and or the floor. My, my question is this. Am I, am I the only one whose pipes have some really weird engineering going on, or do you guys experience this as well? If not, do you think other guys experience this? And if not, how do you think I should most advantageously use my unique power? Weeks? Hello? Weeks? I think your phone's on mute or something, bro. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I was on mute. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You are a hot mess. I I am a hot mess. I'm not hot. I'm just a mess right now. But, uh... All right, uh, let's start with the first. The first question he says, am I the only one whose pipes have some real weird engineering going on, or do you guys experience this as well? Weeks. Well, that's a a personal question. Um, um, (laughs) I don't really... I can't really say I have a lot of problems with my... My plumbing, um, uh, you know, I you know, I think that's a common problem though in terms of uh, pissing on the, the floor and uh, not really getting the real aimage down. I mean, I, I mean that's 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 an issue that's common among all men, I believe, and uh, it's nothing to be really ashamed about. Um, personally, I don't have any plumbing problems. You know, it used to be an issue when I was a teenager, I guess, and uh, you know, but. Uh, I think that's something that's uh, maybe a medical issue there that you may want to check with the doctor. Um, and uh, so if you don't have this, uh, do you think other guys experience this, John Lee? Yes, definitely. And I, I don't think that's an extremely rare circumstance. Well, I, I will say about the streams, about the streams, you never cross the streams. Never. All right, but um, besides that, uh, I think um, it would be it would be more beneficial if the streams were crossing. These streams are going in completely different directions. That's true. That, One's that, even that going be, backwards onto them. That could be a good point. I mean, if there's a way you could uh, redirect the stream so that they cross into the toilet or into the general direction of the toilet, that would be beneficial yeah. for all that frequent the uh, laboratories over there. But um. I think I think this is an issue that's not really that rare. It's, it, it can be uh, an image issue that's really common among all men, and I think it's a medical issue that you you talk. It's a medical issue that she should get tested about. Is that what he said? Well, no, you should get, you should consult your doctor about it. But as far as I. I um, I think he's just. I mean, there's a couple of you know things that he could do in, in terms of cigarette you know, solving this problem. I mean, he could pee sitting down. I mean, that would that probably would, you know, it would hit the bowl in that kind of regard. And that way, you wouldn't be making a mess on the floor and on yourself. And uh, you know, it's it's a, a modern pee thing sitting down. It's you know your preference really, and uh, you know, it's just try to find a private stall. You know, it's a, a lot of guys I know don't even use a urinal, so. Uh, that's up to you. That's, I don't think there's any shame in that at all. That's, that's your own individual preference. Like in uh, high school, I knew it used to never change in the, uh, the you know, general changing area, common area. I used to always try to find a private stall. That's uh, up to your private. <laughs> you know? It's, 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 
just figured that out. I don't, I don't think that's really an issue. I don't think that's really a big issue. It's a, something, you know, if you really have issues with it, then you need to consult the doctor because I can't really tell you how to correct the uh, correct the two streams problem. The two streams, well, the this issue... You know, I think it back to Ghostbusters. You never cross the streams. But <laughs> in this issue, you probably have to cross the streams. I think Ryan's completely correct about this. I think <laughs> this is a pretty good you got you to you cross the streams on this one. And, uh, you are losing it. I know, I know, but I think that's what you gotta do, and uh, you know, get up that toilet, and pee, pee, get up that toilet, pee sitting down. Privacy is a preference. Uh, you know, do what you need to do in the bathroom. But, but don't, you know, try not to pee on the floor. But if you have to, you know, that's why they clean the bathrooms. You know, that's just way, the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> it's bad enough that I was laughing during reading the letter. Now you you're losing it during the answer. I am, I am. But, right, you know, here, go ahead. The last part of his question was, so if if not, if other guys don't experience this, how do you think I should most advantageously use my unique powers? Well, I, I, I like that way. The, the way he interprets that as a unique power, I like that. And that, that's a sign of a great characteristic. You can laugh at your own kind of issues. We all have issues, trust me, on that one, and... I have more issues than most people uh, would like to admit, but I think you can use this unique power to your great advantage, to the benefit of all others, if, if you use it selectively. You know, pee when you sit down, uh, you know, so that you don't make a big mess out of the bathroom. But if you want to make a mess out of the bathroom, and sometimes, you know, we all want to make a mess of the bathroom, depending on where that bathroom is. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes I do want to make a mess of the bathroom, especially if it's a public restroom or restaurant and really didn't like the food ads or, you know, <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's at a friend's place or not a friend's place that you, you really don't really don't like, use that power. Use the power of the two streams to make as much of a mess as you can. And, you know, use, use that ability, use that capability towards your advantage. And I like that unique power kind of thing. You know, we all get chubby sometimes and, we all have these issues in the bathroom, you know, we don't we don't like to talk about. <laughs> it's something we gotta use to our advantage. And use that use use that unique power. And the power is in you. Alright, but uh, you know, I trust that you'll use it selectively and not all the time and try to keep it clean most of the time and pee sitting down if you must and uh, try to cross the streams if you can. And uh, everything will be fine. But, you know, use that power for good. Use that power for good and not for negative and evil. And everything will be fine in your life and with your your reason and whatnot. And, you know? Well, that's, that's a that, that That's the other thing is uh, why is he getting uh, an erection from, from going to the urinal is what my question is. Well, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of explanations to that. I mean, well, you know, he may be turned on in a public area. He may be turned on when he touches it, I guess. I don't, I don't you know, it's, 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 yeah, up to the person, you know. It's a, you know, we all have uh, 
different things that turn us on, as we found out last week with the BDSM, and you know, it's just uh, really up to your preference. I mean, there might be a specific turn on for peeing in the bathroom or, or creating two streams. I don't know. You know, it's just a. I I say more power to him to getting turned on in the bathroom. You know, and uh, uh, but just keep it under control. You know, don't make it obscene so that everyone can see it and. If you're gonna, you know, get pee on the floor, try to do it in a stall, um, so that it's more, you know, confined to one little area. <laughs> but so, yeah, I really recommend peeing sitting down, either seeing a doctor or crossing the streams if you can. <laughs> now there's uh, the the other the other night I could not get to sleep. Um, it was uh, Sunday. And um, 5 o'clock in the morning rolled around. I still hadn't slept, so I, this is related to NJ's concern. I go, uh, I really have to take a shit. So I go into the bathroom, and there's no uh, toilet tape. Now, w- what I did about the situation was I, I, I showered immediately after. Now, what, what do you do in this situation when there's, there's no, uh, when you really got to take a dunk, and it's pretty bad, and there's no toilet paper. All right, is this in a public or a private restroom? Is this your house, or is this anywhere? This, this okay, let's just, this is private. This is private. Okay, that, that makes it a little easier. There's no toilet paper or paper to be had in any circumstance, correct? Correct. Wow, that's difficult. Um, well, I mean, well that's, that's a serious issue facing all people of all, you know, both sexes, all sexes, really, Shamalia, male and uh, female. So, um, uh, uh, that's a difficult question. I mean, if there's no paper or toilet paper that's readily usable, you have to look for alternatives, number one. Alternatives would be anything from a towel to magazines. You know, we did see that in a, that movie, Along Came Polly. You know, he used a towel. That, that was kind of nasty. But, um you know, and, and my my personal choice would be much like yours would be to take a shower, but that can be messy. That can be extremely messy, depending on what kind of crap you took. You know, if you took like a real, if you took like a real solid crap, I don't think the shower would be that effective. If you took a real, that that's where you would be benefited by the messier the crap you take, the better the shower would be. Actually, uh, as an alternative. How? How? If you have something like diarrhea. The shower would probably be better, <laughs> but you know, if you have a solid crab, it's going to be tough. So, you know, I would never recommend ever using the hands. I think that's just not clean, and uh, I don't know, but I don't know why that even popped in my head. But uh, you know, if you can use, if you can use, if you can use, if you can use something disposable to do it, like a towel, a paper, paper towels, napkins, uh, newspaper, whatever. Um, the second option would be to use the shower because it's, it's you know near you in the bathroom and it's not too too messy. And um, the third option, which I don't really think is an option, is trying to find toilet paper. Maybe going out, you know, but that that causes a lot of problems of 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 of, of uh, mud flies and whatnot. But uh, you got to be careful. Of what mud flies? Mud flies. Mud flies. Mud butt. <laughs> Wait, what? Are you saying fudge butt? No, mud. Mud butt butt. Mud butt butt. 
Uh, oh, mud. You know. Okay. Okay, so there's three options, four options, actually. <clears throat> Number one is find alternatives to toilet paper. Two is take a shower. Number three, uh, you, know, you know, go with the mud butt and try to find a toilet paper whether <laughs> from your neighbor. Uh, I think that's not really that's not, that's not really a great option, but it depends on what kind of traffic you're getting. Uh, and, number, and number four, uh, you know, you got if you got underwear on, you might have to use it. You know, they do make disposable underwear. You know, people do buy that. And <laughs> so, you know, if you have underwear, I would use it and just throw it out. That's what that's, um, you know, what they're for. Well, <laughs> what I did was I, uh, I so yeah. So at first I, I I showered and then it still just didn't feel right. So I it was five o'clock in the morning, completely dark out. I was terrified, but I went outside, went to the gas station in the corner that's open twenty four hours, and I and I got some some toilet paper. So it was a whole big uh, ordeal, um, and. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, I couldn't sleep. So after, you know, I figure out the whole shit situation, um, it's, it comes to, and keep in mind, it's a Sunday night, so i got to work on Monday. I, I go to the, what's it call it? Um, uh, I go back into my bed, and uh, it's like 7 o'clock in the morning. I still haven't fallen asleep. At, at around 7, and, you know, this is usually when I get up, but around 7, uh, I fell asleep, but I had a nightmare that I was working some temp job where there were a bunch of rats and cats all over the place. Rats and cats all over. And uh, I was standing up at uh, on a chair in order to avoid all the vermin and and cats and, and Mistopheles and all them. Uh, so all of a sudden, uh, as I'm going, I'm standing on top of a stool and there's a refrigerator there and I'm, like, reaching for something on top of the refrigerator, this cat jumps up at me, and he's about to, like, scratch me and bite me, and then I jump up out of my dream, and it was 7.30. So I got a half hour of sleep before Monday. It was a disaster. How do you interpret that dream for me? Oh, my God, that's a tough dream to interpret. First of all, never, ever run out of toilet paper ever again in your life. Um <laughs> I think this is something that this is a lesson learned. And uh, secondly, I, I think the cats and the rats were. I don't. I think that they were obviously bad and evil. I, I, I think there were your innermost fear of being destroyed by crap and no toilet paper. And I, think, I think that's what they signified. I think there were like a lack of resources with which to defend yourself, and they were surrounding you. And the only thing you could do was take a shower, but you still didn't feel right. And that's when the cat lunged at you. And um, and I think that's really a serious, serious issue. And I think you need a lot of toilet paper for the rest of your life. And you need a lot of toilet paper alternatives because not only do you need a fresh supply of toilet TP, you need uh, other things as well. For, you know, bring a lot of newspaper to the bathroom just in case, you know, you know. And um, so I think that's a very strange nightmare. And 
that for that, that nightmare to take place during the half an hour that you went to sleep, that's even more disturbing because it's like that <laughs> nightmare was meant to be. That, that, that nightmare was meant to get you during your only time of sleep that entire night. Um, I would uh, do one of two things. Uh, number one, never go to the bathroom again at night or... <laughs> Or two, um, get yourself a hell of a lot of toilet paper. Get yourself a membership to Costco or something like that. Get a lot of toilet paper. Well, I, I know I know your your big birthday is coming up. I'll bet, I'll buy you so much toilet paper you don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the, the there was nothing. There was no. There were no napkins. There were no paper towels. No right. tissues. No nothing. That's and I wasn't. I'm, that's, I'm that's not demented enough to think about a newspaper. <laughs> I've tried newspaper. Believe me, in terms of like paper, use a newspaper. Never use a magazine. I used paper from a notebook once. Oh my god, my butt was hurting the next two weeks. <laughs> What situation were you in where you had to use notebook paper? Oh, God. I think I was in, um, ah, yes, that was college. I believe that was college. That was my freshman year at GW. And there's a whole story about the the, the toilet overflowing. And uh, there was no toilet paper because we all, we, I was in a quad with four other guys. And the room was too small. And uh, with roommates, very different and unique. And, I'm in the bathroom late at night. Late at night. I don't know why I did this, but I would always go into the bathroom to read uh, late at night. Like, yeah. maybe, like, like I would like do one in the morning. Layer. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So uh, that's, that's a little scary that we share that same quality. But uh, uh, one one in the morning, I'm sitting there reading, and I realize there's no toilet paper. I, you know, what an idiot! I didn't check it before. So what do I do? I have my notebook with me because I'm taking notes. I think I was studying for an exam. I'm like, oh, instead of waddling all the way over to my closet to get toilet paper, uh, I used the notebook paper. So I used it. I was fine. It hurt a lot. Uh, but it was wait, adequate. Wait, wait. You had toilet paper in your closet? I, I did, but that was like, you know, on the other side of the room. So it had to pass by my four roommates who were all up at, at the time. And... Um, <laughs> I, I made I made a judgment call. It was it was probably a bad judgment call, but um, um, you know, and uh, so I did that, and I I flushed the toilet, and I thought everything was was all good. You know, it, it it made a little noise though. It made it made a strange noise where it went, and I was like, oh god, that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. But there's nothing, no crap in the toilet. It's clean. It looks fine. So I I went out. I washed my hands. Uh, no, I didn't wash my hands. I was dirty back then. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I walked down into the, the, the main area. I sat down on my computer. I was doing some work. You know, uh, one of the guys who was probably closest to me in the room, Brian, uh, got up. He, went, he, he always he was always so meticulous, and he hated me because we were like complete opposites. I was kind of sloppy, and uh, he was very organized. And he went into the bathroom, and. Uh, I hear him washing his hands. I hear him using the toilet, and I hear him flush it. And then all of a sudden, I hear, I hear, oh my God, we what the fuck did you do? He runs out of the bathroom. He literally, 
walks out of the bathroom. I thought he almost broke the door. Uh, water is, you know, flying after him. Water is on the floor, coming out, coming out, out of the bathroom, into the closet, into the main area, all over the floor. It was like something out of a, something like out of an action film. Seriously. Like, what did you do? What did you do? What have you done? And the water did not stop for about an hour. Because there was water over everything. Everything. And um, it, it was an emergency. It was like a two or three in the morning. They had to uh, get an emergency plumber in there just to stop the water. It was serious because it got over. Uh, it was on people's beds. It was it was a serious <laughs> issue. And the, and the, the, the plumber said, the plumber was like, I've never seen anything like this before in my whole life. How did you do this? And I, that's that's I horrible. If a plumber says that to you, that's like the worst thing anyone could say. Yeah, it, it is. It, it, it is. He said, uh, and I lied. I said, I just took a, took a big crap, you know. And, and he, was, he looked at me. He looked at me. He gave me this really strange look. He was like, no, you didn't. You lied. You're lying about something. And ever since the plumber then, said I you're was, lying about something? <laughs> no, he just gave me this look, and caught by uh, my roommate Brian. Ever since that, he never trusted me when I was in that bathroom. Never, never trusted me. Uh-uh. <laughs> who did, yeah. who pays for that plumber? Did did the school pay for the plumber? Did you guys have to pay out of pocket? Uh, no, the school paid for it. They even cleaned everything. Uh, you know, that's what I, that's what we're talking about. CW, you know, uh, they gave us HBO, but they did. <laughs> They didn't have they they cut teachers' uh, salaries, but they gave us HBO. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Remember, uh, I, I was telling you that uh, Patrick was just you know um, very nice, uh, and we just we hated him anyway. And you know we would give him rent like two months late and stuff. Um, so th- there was one week that he was gone. Uh, for, uh, he was gone for like a week or two somewhere, gone home, I think, to visit his his mother, Pat, probably. Pretty weird. Um, and he, I, I had uh, taken a dunk in Patrick's lair, and, like, it, like, got all clogged up, um, but I don't, but it hadn't overflown yet, and so... Uh, what I did was, uh, for the rest of the week, I had no idea when he was going to come back. So the rest of the week, I just used the other bathroom, uh, Jason and 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 then in Greg's bathroom, um, and I didn't do anything to fix the situation. So like I don't know, five days went by, right, of that five toilet days. having like it just had like piss and shit and paper, but oh, no, oh my God. but but it it hadn't yet overflowed. So, so then I remember I like didn't have access to my own computer at that time, so I would go into Patrick's room, which, by the way, Patrick's computer was full of pornography. So you might be right about the clown porn and stuff because it was full of pornography. Um, no, I'm telling and, you, you know. What? I'm telling you, that guy, that guy has some serious porn addiction over there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was using his computer to look up, you know, my email and stuff and uh, and the MySpace and whatever. And then, of course, during whenever I was trying to look at his computer, uh, all these pop-ups were coming up and stuff and all these crazy shits of, you know, because he's looking at all the porn. So uh, 
I have no idea why, but, but for some reason, I kept, I kept bringing, bringing mustard bottles.
he after that was all done, it was like two thirty. He turns to me, he goes, uh, I don't mind you using my computer, but just these mustard. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot to tell you that I had after he came in, um, and like at some point when he walked out of his room, I got I got all rid of all the mustard bottles. So so we were in the kitchen downstairs, and he's like, uh, he says, I I don't mind you using my computer, but uh, you know these all these mustard bottles. <laughs> And I go, I know, I just got, I just threw him out, and he was like, okay, and that was, that was the end of that. Um, oh my but, god, that that is ridiculous. I don't know, I don't know what I was smoking. <laughs> see, see the toilet, the toilet, I completely understand, but the mustard bottles is just. <laughs> And the funny thing is, it was probably the same way. It was like, oh, the toilet's overflow. We'll just fix it. But these mustard bottles, they got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it happens. You overflow toilets, that happens. The, you know, it's the risky run of living with roommates. But, but a roommate creeping into your room and just harboring several mustard bottles. And, like, why would I not put them back in the fridge? I don't understand why I would let this mustard. The, the shit was rotting in the Patrick Slayer bathroom, and then the mustard was rotting in his. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That is, that's a great story. That's hilarious. It's a good thing he didn't ask me to explain that further, because he was like, uh, but these the <laughs> mustard bottles, and, and I was like, yeah, I threw them out, and that was it. But like, wh- you know, what what did he said? Uh, why why were you putting mustard bottles? What would I have said? I don't know. I almost wish he would ask me that so I could understand it now. Oh my gosh, why why were there mustard bottles all over the place? I, I don't know. I, I said I wish he would ask me, not you now. I wish he asked me then so I would know now. <laughs> do you still do that? Do you put mustard bottles everywhere? <laughs> no, and I don't recall making a lot of sandwiches either. <laughs> <laughs> Were you possessed that those five days or something? <laughs> it what? Were you possessed in, uh, those five days or <laughs> Those fine days? Oh, five days. Um, no, because I think I did other weird shit like that, too. You keep in mind, this is the same guy who said to me one time, he said, um, well, you're the most miserable person I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a clown. Guy. Yeah, he's he was a, a clown. He was a oh, he was weird. Huh? He was, he was uh, weird with the capital W. That was the... That guy was uh, oh my god he was he scared the crap out of me. I mean that's what happens when you got the same name as your mother. <laughs> that's uh, right that's right that's right. But you know we all do weird things. I used to uh, I think it was like out of some kind of misplaced hatred for my roommate at uh, in Gino's my senior year. But I would go into his um, he would always go out to eat. You know he ate fancy every night. So I would go into the fridge at like two or three in the morning, 
because we had like a really a hate relationship. It was like because I, I roomed with him, and uh, so basically I would snore a lot, and he would, you know, he uh, what he would do is to, <laughs> you know uh, re- rectify the situation is he would take this glass cup and he would slam it against the wall and wake me up at two in the morning. And so I would. Uh, you know, Why one time, glass? But, wouldn't that shatter all over the place? I don't know how it didn't shatter. It was like the strongest glass mug I think I've ever seen. And he would leave this near his uh, thing. He wouldn't even drink out of it. He would use it just to basically wake me up. And I think he hit me a couple times. I think he I think he had like a big fly swatter, and it would hit me at night. But I, w- I wouldn't really know it because I, I wouldn't wake up in time. And um, so I, I woke up at like 2 or 3 in the morning a lot of nights. And uh, I would just get, and then he would fall asleep. And I would get really like kind of angry. Because I knew he did something, but I didn't know what, exactly what he did. And then I see the glass cup. So I would go to the fridge. I would find, like, all of his food. Even if it was half eaten, I would eat his food. I don't know what's wrong with me. So I think he, he went out, you know, did, you know I, I did that pretty regularly. I did that almost every other night. And um, <laughs> so one night, I think he had his birthday. And he brought, like, this, he went to, like, Shula's Steakhouse, which is like a, $80 meal, you know, place. And he brought this Shoeless? You can't wear shoes there? Uh, no, like uh, Shula's, like the football player, Don Shula's Steakhouse. And uh, wow. it was in D.C. And he, he brought back this birthday cake that was like, you know, one, only one or two slices. I ate that whole fucking cake, and it was the best <laughs> cake I've ever had in my life. I couldn't, I couldn't stop eating that cake. I think I took two hours eating an entire cake on, on a school night. I think it was like 3 to 5 in the morning. I was just eating cake. And I, uh, I, think, I think my other roommate came out, who went out with him the other night uh, for his birthday party, saw me eating the cake and said, um, uh, hey, Josh. And I was like, hey. And then I would uh, lower the AC. I would uh, you know, bring it down. He hated that, too. He hated the... Uh, uh, if it was too cold, I would bring it down to like sixty degrees. He would call me like the polar bear. So it was really, uh-huh. it was really a passive aggressive uh, war warfare. <laughs> Why were you eating this guy's this guy's birthday cake? Well, I did it out of just to spite him because he woke me up. You know, he slammed me out of sleep. Uh, but then it was so go- it was so goddamn delicious. I couldn't stop eating it until it was all done. It was it was it was absurd. I've never eaten a full cake like that. It was a heavy cake. And then I went to sleep, well, and I think I, sto- I think I snored so loud, he slept outside of the couch. What was his reaction to you eating his cake? Nothing. Nothing happened. He never confronted me about these things, ever, uh, about eating. or And I never confronted him about waking me up out of sleep at 2 or 3 in the morning. We, we never, yeah, you ever, don't be- ever talked about it. It was so strange. We'd have, like, a normal conversation the next day. My, that is very bizarre. Did I tell you that about that time when uh, I, I shared a hotel room with a, a married couple? Uh, it was about uh, a year. It was almost a year ago. Uh, my, friend Nikki, my friend Nikki was getting married in Albany. Uh, uh, Nikki Katuferis, the one that you are currently at, at, oh, in the war against. Nikki. Nikki. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so Nikki Katuferis and Jonathan Frangakis were getting married. Are you sure? I feel like I told you this. 
No, I didn't hear about this. Was Sean Stamos at the wedding? <laughs> it's fascinating that you say that because Nick Fondulis just posted something on Facebook, and I think Stamos was on Jimmy Kimmel and said something about Fondulis because, like, 100 people like this post. So i got to watch it later. But it's turning into a very Greek conversation we're having right now involving the Ketsopolis, Fondulis, uh, uh, Frangakis, etc. Uh, yes, that's right. The Greek yogurt is good, too. Greek, Greeks are known for the yogurt. Well, the Greek yogurt is moldy right now, apparently. It got recalled. Oh, gross, bro. So we're in Albany, and I sh- was sharing a room with um, my uh, friend Nick Dujnik and uh, his uh, wife, Miriam. Um, they were in one bed. I was in the other. Uh, and we had gone out to – the only thing to do in Albany, apparently, is go to this brewery. Uh, that's not nice. I shouldn't say that, but that's all that we could find. So we go to this brewery, and I had some of these beers. Like They were like these uh, stouts. They were pretty hardcore. And then I had some sort of um, dinner with – it had to have had some sort of cheese in it. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> so we go back to the hotel room, and uh, we go to sleep. And keep in mind, Nick Dusnick had lived with me for three years at Syracuse and never experienced this. So what happens is I'm just snoring. They tell me this the next day. I'm snoring like crazy. And so I woke up in the middle of the night at one point to you know, go use the bathroom. I noticed that there's, like, a comforter on the floor in the bathroom, and I, like, try to go in, and Miriam, uh, his wife, is sleeping in the bathroom because <laughs> apparently I was snoring so much that she said, I'm going to go sleep in the bathtub. So I try to go to the bathroom. She comes out of the bathroom, and she's like, oh, it's, it's quiet in there. And I thought she was complaining about Nick doing something. I didn't think it was me. So I go to the bathroom. I go back to, to bed. And uh, the next day they tell me this story. Uh, like, she didn't want to mention it at all. But then Nick just goes, no, I've lived with him for years now. Uh, when did you start snoring like that? And I said, I was snoring last night? And he was like, oh, my God. And then he said, and then, well, you stop, you stop snoring entirely. And we were like, oh, thank God. And then you just started farting. And you wouldn't stop farting. <laughs> yeah, that's Albany. That was Albany. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't, the funny thing is, I think after that year with uh, SGW, I stopped snoring completely. I don't snore anymore. It's so strange. Uh, <laughs> these, these are all great stories, though. I love these kinds of stories. You sound upset about, you sound, you sound upset about not being able to snore. It sounds like you want to wage another war against another roommate. I do, I do. I want, I want to get a roommate and, uh, have like a snoring war or like, my friend told me I talk in my sleep, and I don't think I do that. I, I think I, I think he talks in his sleep, and that's why he was trying to make up stories on me. It's just ridiculous. Oh, there was a sleepwalker once in, in my summer camp. He was a strange, strange guy. He would go to the uh, bathroom. He's, he's a very smart guy, too. He, he would get up. He would go to the bathroom, turn on all the lights, turn on all the faucets. Uh, I think he took a piss in the middle of the floor. 
and then he would go back, and he would he would go back to his room and go to sleep. <laughs> and, and seriously, I'm, I'm not lying. He's like a rocket scientist. He works works for like uh, NASA now. It's ridiculous. He's what? Works for NASA? Yeah, he's a, a rocket scientist, and he works for NASA. I don't know what. <laughs> he's a rocket scientist. He's very, he's very, a brilliant kid, but uh, weird, very weird. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, did you ever have? Have you ever been to Philadelphia? I've been to Philadelphia you know, uh, a while back, but yeah, this is the city of brotherhood. Right, well, they course. have these, these, uh, um, this like malt liquor there called Steel Reserve. Uh, have you ever heard of Steel heard Reserve? Of yes, I've heard okay. of it, yeah. So, it's like, I don't know, 13% alcohol or something, and they, it comes in 40s. Uh, so, you know, and I'm used to like the old English or whatever, the usual, the normal Colt 45, whatever. Uh, but this um, uh, Steel Reserve, uh, we, it was... Uh, I was in Philadelphia because it was the weekend of Live 8, uh, which was that, you know, that constant big concert. Um, I remember that, like yeah. Like Africa. Yeah. Yeah, I like remember something that, about, yeah. Yeah. Something about get, getting more AIDS in Africa or something like that. It was the purpose, I guess. So we right. are, uh, I, I go with my friend Matt Lundy. First off, the fucking shit, uh, the, the, I, I get a flat tire, like, almost immediately. And his Matt Lundy's father, Dr. Lundy, had to stand with me in what he deemed as a bad neighborhood in Philadelphia. That was a nightmare. So then um, uh, we uh, go to Philly, and we um, uh, go to Live 8. Now, Live 8 uh, was all day long, and there was not a lot of – we didn't have a lot of water. We didn't we, – we had, like, a, we had some Gatorade, and we – had some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and all the food got like separated. So like, like Lundy had all the snacks, and then me and Ross and them, we because we we chose to go further up. They didn't want to go further up, so we all were separated. It was ridiculous. Like we go on this trip together, and then we sit at different parts of the concert. Um, and we were sitting, me and Ross and them were sitting uh, in the fountain, this fountain uh, that had uh, no water in it. And this guy was selling T-shirts, and he looks over at Ross, and the guy yells out, he's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at Live 8. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And Ross is like, this guy's hilarious. So the whole day goes by, nothing to eat, nothing really to drink. We finally go to um, Bertucci's. Remember Bertucci's in Milford? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, pizza place. Good stuff. Believe it or not, there's one in Philadelphia. So we go to this Bertucci's, and we were staying at my friend Caitlin's um, apartment, uh, and we were uh, we, we go to Bertucci's. Then we get these 40s of Steel Reserve, and me, Matt Lundy, and this kid Eli, uh, we all like chug these 40s. Like we drank them so quickly, and uh, we all passed passed out, basically, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I wound up thinking that the uh, the kitchen chair was the toilet, and I think I must have thought 
that I had to uh, take a shit. So I, <laughs> so I go to sit down on the kitchen chair. Oh, and oh no, oh no, are you kidding me? Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lundy, like, wakes me up in the middle of the night, and he's like, he's like let's just go to bed. And, and I'm like, wait, but, but I think I, and he's like, no, just be quiet, go to bed. Sorry, right, go to bed. But uh, I was like, but I, I think I'm, because I was very, I, I didn't shit in the kitchen. I just pissed in the, but I think I thought I had to shit in the kitchen, but I wound up just pissing in the kitchen, not shitting in the kitchen. So, uh, so I was like trying to be like, yo, let me just go wash up or whatever. And he like wouldn't let me. So I go to sleep and I wake up in the morning and I go to take a shower. And as I get out of the the, the bathroom, I'm there sitting there with Caitlin and I'm like, she was like, how was your shower? And I was like, I think I may have peed in your kitchen last night. And she was, <laughs> and she was like, oh really? And she was like acting like she didn't even know. Uh, and then and then she was just like, no, no, it's fine, it's no big deal. And I was like, it's really embarrassing. And she was like, no, it's just funny. And these girls, let me tell you, thank God it was these two girls, Caitlin and Karen, because I feel like anyone else would have flipped out. But I guess what they did that night was just like, uh, they saw, the, they were like, I think Ryan peed. And they were like, let's get mad. And then Lundy got me up and, and went into the, went to uh you know, anyway, thank God it was these girls because to this day we'll still mention it and they'll just laugh it off. And I saw one of these girls at this bar recently. I saw Taryn at this bar recently. And, uh, you know, thankfully, Caitlin and I are still great friends. She was just my date to Zach and Jenny's wedding, uh, you know, even though I pissed in her kitchen um, in Philadelphia. <laughs> but this girl, Taryn, I saw her uh, at this bar for uh, our friend Darcy's birthday party. And... Um, and I would tell, and Demars was there with me, so I tell him Demars that I pissed in her kitchen in Philadelphia, and she comes up and she's like, "Are you telling him about Philadelphia?" And I said, "Yeah, exactly." And she was like, "Well, you know, much more embarrassing things can happen." And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Well, try being a bridesmaid and shitting in your dress." And I was like, "What?" And so that ha- oh, that happened to her. Yeah, that happened to her. So at least. You know, she understood. She she sympathized with me. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I, I've heard I've heard much worse. Uh, my buddy told me a story about you know being uh, abroad in Australia, and he after a huge night of partying and alcohol and uh, just having a good time, he went to bed, and apparently he never got up. To uh, go to the bathroom, so he <laughs> took a crap in his pants in his bed. <laughs> uh-huh. did, did he have any toilet paper? No, he had his bed sheets though, and he apparently slept in his crap for eight hours. It's hours. <laughs> That's so nasty. And then he, he woke up. And his roommate was in the room there with him. And his roommate apparently said, Rich, is everything all right? It smells like you crapped your pants or something. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And he did. And he did. And the 
nastiest thing about it is he's still trying to wash his sheets. I would have thrown those damn things away. He's still trying to wash his sheets. <laughs> what do you mean try? He, he, so he washed them, no? Yes, he washed them. He bunched them all up, took his sheets to the laundry, <laughs> and, and he still washed his sheets with the crap. <laughs> sheet shit. He's nasty as hell, man. This is just too much. That says something if you're saying it's nasty as hell too much. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That is just beyond nasty. That is that is beyond all You know, that's just that, that you crossed the line on that one. <laughs> I don't know about you, sir, but I, I am now very nauseous and have a pounding headache after tonight's episode. I do too, <laughs> but I think it was classic. <laughs> I had a good, I had a good time, and uh, again, I'm sorry I'm late. I was late, terribly late. Ugh. It's okay. But uh, so we're all good we're, kids. Uh, we're all good kids. Uh, what, what do you think? Two two last orders of business. Uh, what do you think, Mousy, the dog that lives by itself, is doing right now? Uh, I think Mousy is eating a delicious meal uh, with. The best of wine, uh, in the bathroom, pissing on the floor when the toilet's about two inches away from her, and crapping as well on the floor too. <laughs> yes. Is she crossing her streams? She is crossing the streams, and she, after hearing our conversation, especially that's what she's doing. <laughs> and what is your favorite scene? And she's the main man with the main, the main, main. Okay, I thought about this for a while. Uh, my favorite scene, um, a mind of mine doesn't change the mind of mine, is when a mind of mine is like is like a, a king, got a huge, great six pack, uh, a king, and uh, she's being asked by uh, a messenger from uh, Xerxes, the Persians, uh, to basically become slaves to enslave themselves to uh, the, the great Xerxes, the king of the Persians. And uh, basically, Amanda Baikman thinks about it, and they're, they're standing near this pit, this big, this bottomless, empty pit. And, uh, and uh, Amanda Baikman turns to the messenger and says, This is Frontal! And kicks <laughs> the uh, messenger down the hole. And she, she does a great, great it's a very intimidating version of it. It was just my favorite scene of all time, I think. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, my favorite scene, and she's mine, mine, but the bind of mine is mine, is uh, when she um, when she pretends to be a boy to win over the guy that she likes. All right. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> so that's that's how off I am tonight, John Weeks. <laughs> no, that's all right. So that so you were it was the best show on earth compared to your uh, <laughs> second, your original. You know, great kids. Yes. All right, sir. Well, I can think of no better way of ending the show in by saying, try not to put mustard bottles in your roommate's uh, bedroom. And, uh, you know, if you overflow the toilet, take care of that shit right away because you don't want him to come back. Because I, 
you think Patrick's going to explode one day and just kill all of us? <laughs> it's going to be because of that toilet. and the, not, just, not, not the toilet. It's going to be because of the mustard. And he, one day he's just going to see mustard, and he's going to flip out. Cause, and you were the catalyst for it all. <laughs> what a weirdo I was in L.A. Oh, and I'm going back there. I'm so nervous. I'm going back there on Monday to, to for my friend Jackie's wedding. I'm I haven't been back in six years. I've been dreading going, and now I'm going, and I'm terrified. Well, that'll be, that'll be good, though. It'll be like a return to insanity. <laughs> if, if I start putting mustard in Jackie's bedroom, then things are not good. And next week is a big day, right? That's uh, that's your birthday coming up, right? Yeah, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do the show before that, happy, happy, happy birthday, my friend. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. No, you're a great kid. Great kid. Great show. Deserve the best. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to chill when uh, when we get back into the Elm City, you know, or New York, whatever. Yes. Main Union, PTC. PTC. The Main Union is a prerogative of mine, and it has been for the last decade. we got to get this going here. By prerogative, do you mean priority? Uh, priority, yes, yes, that's right, that's right. And, <laughs> and uh, we, we have we we have to celebrate your birthday in style, and we have to bring back the PTC. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, PTC. Yeah. Tell PD if you want some pizza, I'll put them in the box. It's a break, right. Florence. And if you have a Barbie doll, set that bitch on fire. Good night, John Weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night, Ron. Oh.